how your identity is almost like deconstruction of identity, integration, expansion, and all of that has happened. And I, I remember clearly the conversation we had when you said, hey, look, you know, you, sometimes letting go of being a cardiologist or a physician can potentially expand you to do all the other things you want to do in life. So maybe walk us through all that th that thought process. Yeah, you know, I, I think here's the thing, like if we think about the journey of a stem cell, right? A stem cell starts off as having infinite potential. And then it's only when it, you know, identifies with a certain organ or is signaled to turn into a certain organ, its destiny is now kind of hardwired. So you know, if it's destined to be a heart cell, it becomes a heart cell. And, you know, in, as far as I know, there's no going back after that. However, as a human being, we do not have the same destiny. We have infinite, you know, pluripotent destiny where we can become whatever we want. You know, the worst thing that you can do, anyone can do is kind of hang their hat on an identity of something that happened a decade ago. You know, so me identifying as a chiropractor, while I will never not identify as a chiropractor, I don't hang my hat on that and uh, recognize that that's all I am. Because all I had to do to get that designation was go through school for, you know, four or five years. And I got that designation but there's so much more to me than that. And by, you know, reducing myself down to that identity, I don't even allow myself to be other things. I don't even allow other people to explore other parts of me. So now when people ask me what I do, I, I just tell them I'm still trying to figure it out because I leave that potential open, right? I leave that possibility open. So just like a stem cell, our body is releasing stem cells every single day. So we have this potential within us to be reborn, you know, identify ourselves with many different things instead of a singular thing. You know, a label reduces us. And, you know, there's a, there's a quote, and I can't remember if it's, if it's from the Gita or it's from the Tao Te Ching. I think it's from the Tao Te Ching. And it says to name the Tao is to not know the Tao. And so when we name something, we actually reduce it down to the point where it becomes actually unrecognizable from what its full potential is. So th that's one of the reasons I don't prefer to call myself doctor, right? I don't want that title to immediately have people put me into a box. I don't want that title to reduce me down to a certain conversation that that person wants to have. I don't want to just jump in to say, hey, I'm a chiropractor. And now immediately somebody starts thinking about their back and their spine and their headaches or their joint aches and pains, because there's so many other things that I can talk about and I love to explore with them. So I don't like to reduce myself down to that. So I think there's potential for all of us to have this fluid identity. And I'm not getting into gender politics and stuff like that, but just, you know, having a fluid identity of how we can contribute to the world and and how we, people can recognize us to be pluripotent, right? And add value in so many different areas than what our degree or designation might say. I love the stem cell analogy. That really resonates home. And I like the, uh, I wrote it down because I felt, I felt that was very poignant. Uh, the fluid identity, you know, we're not meant to be in a clean little box. And, mm -hmm. you know, I used to struggle when I used to like, I go to a dinner party. Hey, what do you do? I'm like, ah, pull up a seat. You know, I was like, <laughs> or like, hey, I sometimes I ask, hey, what do you do? Because I can talk about a lot of different things. So I want to, I'm curious about what you want to do and what mm -hmm. you, what you're interested in, because I could probably relate to that, you know? So uh, that's really, I think that's really keen. Uh, tell us about the transition from a clinician where you're helping people first in your local area in, I think it was a Toronto, I believe. Yep. And then you've expanded to other areas and then you decided, Hey, not only do I want to help the, the patient, but I want to help more than that. And then before we get into that, tell us about the concept of the doctor of the future. Sure. So just to be clear, I started off in Cincinnati and now I'm located uh, in Toronto. And our, our vision 
has always been from the very beginning to actually solve the current healthcare crisis further upstream. And what that basically means is when we go further upstream, it means that we're not trying to solve the problem. We're coming face to face with it right now. We're trying to solve the problem before it occurs in the first place. So I listened to a presentation from my mentor, James, ne uh, James Chestnut. I'm sorry, James Nestor is also a mentor, but James Chestnut. And he basically said, we don't need more doctors. We don't need more nurses. We don't need more hospital beds. We don't need more medical equipment. We don't need more drugs. We need more healthy people because at the end of the day, that's what we all want, right? Nobody wants a cure for cancer. They just don't want cancer in the first place. It's nice to have a cure, but the only way to benefit from a cure is to develop the disease and live a lifestyle that created that disease or eat food that created that disease or have emotions that created that disease. But here's the tragic part about that is that we actually coded that same mindset, that same food philosophy, that same environment we exposed our children to it. So we've passed that disease on or that disease creating process on to the next generation who's basically going to repeat the same pattern, develop the same illnesses and same diseases. And, you know, hopefully by then there's a cure, but nobody wants that. Yeah, right? it's, a, it's almost like a disease protocol where in like there's the, you have the treatment protocol, but we've actually created a disease protocol. But that's that's fascinating. So then what was your thought process on like, what's the solution? Well, the solution is people should know how to take care of themselves, right? They should know how their body works, you know, and I started, you know, just analyzing. I'm like, hey, when we go to school, we don't learn anything about growing our own food, which means that companies can feed us crap and we have no idea because we have no idea what real food is, right? If you've ever grown your own food, you can instantly recognize what garbage is and garbage is what most people are eating and what they're being fed and they don't understand the consequences of that. 